The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli. That's Danny Cannell. That's Bud Elliott. I'm Chip Patterson coming to you live at YouTube.com slash Cover 3 and everywhere you get your podcasts on demand. Thanks for hanging out. Smash that subscribe. Smash that like and come and join us in the chat, a.k.a. the Cover 3 tailgate. Getting you rock and rolling here on a Monday. Lots to get to. Busy show today because Mondays, what do we do? Well, we do a pun further review. Our chance to go deeper into some of the react, some of the results that we weren't able to tackle in the instant reaction podcast late Saturday night. We also are going to look at the new AP Top 25 in Pole Assassin. Day Train Danny checking in with the latest stock report. Going to give you some Tuesday night picks in Mac action as we're going to be uh, getting that rolling again and so much more. But real quick, uh, programming note and reminder, Tuesday night, about 7.30 p.m. Eastern time, we will be here, youtube.com slash cover three live with an instant reaction to the college football playoff rankings. Uh, We will be doing that as just sort of a regular habit here from the rest of the season. Rankings come out. Full top 25, we'll get resettled, we'll get together again approximately 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. The rankings come out at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, Danny, do you have any expectations or predictions that you want to get out for what you think we'll see on Tuesday night? I think this might be one of the more wild ones where I usually have a pretty good beat on it, where they're going to go. I know... You know, Jerry Palm had his initial ones. Now, this was before the Florida State or before the Florida Georgia game. He had Georgia at sixth, and I followed it up with there is a zero chance Georgia's as low as six. But if you do look in some of the analytics, some of the numbers, the resume is not great. 
I am pulling up the college football power index, uh, and they are down even further at seven. But this is where humans come into play, and they can say, hold on a second. Their resume may not be great, but we can bump them up. Um, I have a feeling Ohio State might be one. Like, I don't think Georgia's one. Do you guys think Georgia's one? No, I no, think, I think Ohio one. State's one. I think Ohio yeah. State's one. I think Ohio State's one. What I also think is going to be interesting, and I'll be curious if Reese asks the question, and you know, I'm doing a thing with Dennis Dodd today because he dropped Michigan. Is there any impact on the the Michigan Wolverines from the scandal that's swirling around the program? Again, it comes back to are there humans? You don't think I don't think so at all. They've been so good. I don't think so, but I don't know. I'll be curious to see where they are. And what? then I'll be curious to see if Florida State. I mean, I've seen a lot of people Florida State outside the four. I don't think there's any chance that happens either. Um, but I think Florida State will be interesting to watch. What did Dodd uh, drop on on Michigan? I, I, I haven't had a chance to see it. Well, he hasn't yet. released it yet officially, so don't tell anybody. He has them at three. They were at one last week. Now Georgia. Oh, so he won. didn't drop. He dropped them in his rankings. Okay, I was like, wait. Yes, what, yes, what? yes, yes. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I, I didn't see it in the rundown. Okay, got it. No. Um, I don't know. Like, uh, well, I do think that that the committee largely does stuff to help the show get rankings and to help you know like ratings and and help kind of just bring attention to the process week to week. I think it'd be really hard for you to have any teams in there that are not Ohio state, Michigan, Georgia, Florida state in some order, right? You have resume and you have like eye test. I, I don't really know who else has a serious argument for it based on how Washington has looked the last two weeks. And that would be the only other one that I think you know really has a chance to be in. Yeah, I, I think Washington with wins against Oregon and an Arizona team that just went and took down Oregon State. Washington's got obviously an awesome offense. Their overall, um, you know, metrics in terms of whether you use, you know, average win probability, whether you use a game control metric, you know, they have for the most part, they had the leg up on the competition the rest of the way. Defense is a little bit suspect for sure. Michigan best wins are Rutgers and Nebraska. So do you give like if if Oregon is a top 10 team in the college football playoff rankings, which I think Oregon will be, then Washington is able to say it has a win against a top 10 team. Um, the committee likes to use its own rankings and ignore the AP top 25. So this first one, as you mentioned, Danny, is a little bit messy, a little bit convoluted because when they meet next week, they are going to be using top 25 wins based on the rankings that are released on Tuesday. So they say, fresh start, fresh start. But I think that Oregon with the win over Utah makes it into the top 10. That gives Washington a top 10 win. I don't think that Rutgers is going to be in the top 25. I don't think Nebraska is going to be in the top 25. I would not be surprised to see Michigan at number five, but that would be the, that, that would be the lowest possible ranking. That would create the drama they're looking for. Like Maybe you're right. Um, the other, the other, oh no, no, first of all, Ole Miss, Texas A&M is on ESPN. So Texas A&M will be ranked 23rd. This is true. <laughs> probably ranked 22nd because that game is on ABC. Let's see what else. Missouri, Georgia, that's CBS. So Missouri won't be ranked at all. Um, let's see. Oklahoma <laughs> State is going to be ranked. Yeah, no, we, we, we already know how the rankings will be. I liked how to start last year. You guys thought I was crazy with this. And now everybody's sort of, Chip's still a doubter. I got to point the right well, way. I've, Chip's still I've, a doubter. Look, everybody else. I've been on CFP and on for like seven years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I you know it'll be interesting. It's Do fake. you guys think there's any chance? Because there, there are a couple opportunities here. Now I have the the what happened on the field has to matter, right? But who do we all think is right now better, Oregon or Washington? 
or Texas, Oregon. Oklahoma, right? Exactly. Like, so I'm with Tom. Like, I think it's, but in my top, like I put out, I was like, I you have to honor what happened on the field, but it is happening further in the rear view. Like, do they have one of those shakeups where they just say, you know what? We just think this team is better, you know, and they can make an excuse for it. You need more games before you can really build that argument out. The interesting one will be the Texas and the Oklahoma because, uh, you know, Texas has Alabama and Kansas. Texas has way better strength of schedule numbers. Uh, Texas, you know, if you're Oklahoma, like I, you're glad Iowa State is surging because Iowa State or SMU is your second best win. The Texas resume is definitively better and they lost on the final play. I would not be surprised to see Texas ahead of Oklahoma. I do think that Oregon struggles because Oregon's best win just happened against a Utah team that's dropping. Its second best win is against Washington State, and its strength of schedule is really getting crushed by that game against FCS Portland State. Among teams in the top, let's see, 10 or so, you got Georgia and Michigan with really bad strength of schedule ratings, but then above them in terms of if you're stacking it up, Oregon is not that bad. They're not like in the hundreds but they're sitting around 60, 65 or so. So it's strength of schedule and the fact that Utah and Washington State are moving the wrong way, I think are going to end up hurting the Ducks, even if, like we're saying, we feel like Oregon is an awesome team. It was the three O's, Oklahoma, Ole Miss, and Oregon. I think that people are going to be surprised at where they fall because you might believe that the strength of the team is one thing, but the resume says another. Ole Miss, top 10 strength of schedule, wins against LSU and Tulane. Um the, the Rebels have an on-paper argument to be a top-10 team. They'll be top-10 because, again, they're playing on ESPN this week. Yeah, exactly. And they're, they're, they're going to want that that old Miss-Georgia game to be hyped as hell uh, in two weeks. The um, I don't, I, We don't need to do that thing where we spend – you know, like I don't want to go into conference realignment mode where every single week or every single episode we're having to go with the very latest conference realignment rumor, but just a couple of headlines that maybe just can reframe where we're at with Jim Harbaugh and his future, both this season and beyond Um, NFL insiders with reports on Sunday indicating that he would not be able to dodge a suspension. You know, that if, if he were to go to the NFL, the NFL commissioner's office could, you know, hand down a suspension at that level. If he were to be found guilty of violations uh, at the college level, wall street. Yeah. Like in theory, Sure. Do we think that the commissioner who works for the owners is going to suspend Jim Harbaugh? No. Hell no. That's, that is, I don't buy it, that for a second. Who wrote You're that? talking about unprecedented, too. Yeah, what? Florio. Oh, Who's okay. Florio? All right. Cool. <laughs> who is no? The NFL is not suspending Jim Harbaugh for anything he did. He doesn't work for CBS, right? Michigan. No. No. Okay, then that, that report's nonsense. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, and then Wall Street Journal indicates uh, with a report that Michigan has rescinded a lucrative contract offer that would have made Harbaugh the highest paid coach in the Big Ten. I am very thankful in this Michigan craziness that Sam Webb of 24-7 Sports is dialed because then you can like, you know, I don't, I don't want to poke holes in the Wall Street Journal's reporting, but then I can run to Sam Webb and be like, okay, so what does this really mean? And my understanding, Bud, like I don't know if you've gotten a chance to talk to Sam. I was only reading his reporting on 24-7 Sports, but you know, the sense that I'm getting is that 
yeah, they're also just choosing not to make right now been when they announce a huge contract extension to make him the highest paid coach. And that if it weren't for this scandal, it might've been put together this week. I don't know if rescinded is exactly the situation that we're talking about here uh, with Michigan and its financial um, ties to Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. I, I think it just makes sense to not like reward him with the contract right now in the middle of the scandal that that seems just like common sense. And, you know, Sam is is a really good reporter and generally knows what's going on. You know, like there was some stuff, uh, you know, about 18 months ago where other Michigan sites were just running with craziness and Sam was just steady handed. You know, Michigan insiders just they know what they're doing. They've been there a long time. Sam does a great job, you know. So, uh, like, I still think Harbaugh's in the NFL next year. Mm-hmm. I, I thought that kind of going into this season. I, I think that more strongly now. I don't have insider info there, just reading some tea leaves. But, yeah, like, why would you – hey, let's bring more attention to ourselves and more think pieces from, like, USA Today or whomever else is going to write them about how this sends the wrong message of endorsing cheating by giving Jim Harbaugh a contract <laughs> extension right now. Like, it, that would be really bad PR. Michigan's just avoiding bad PR here. Yeah, I, I have no idea whether Harbaugh will be at Michigan or in the NFL next year. I definitely think this stuff makes the NFL seem more likely, but also the fact that they've been working on a contract extension kind of suggests otherwise. So I don't know. I, I, I do think this is just because of what's going on right now. I, I think Michigan has fully intends to bring Jim Harbaugh back if it can, unless there's something that just comes out that we don't know yet that is unforgivable. And I don't think, Mike, honestly, stealing signs is unforgivable. There could be. I mean, we, do we know where the like who found out all this information who hired the law firm yet do we know that well the internet knows the internet will tell you it was ryan day's brother so of course <laughs> the internet also reported like a michigan board of regents meeting last night which yeah. the, one of the regents was like man it's hard for me to attend this meeting when i'm tucking my kids in for bedtime so that was nonsense <laughs> is it the regent who's like sort of outspoken about all this stuff like even uh nil and one of them one of them is a very extreme extremely active on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that that one. Yeah. He's very online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um yeah, no, the, Danny, that the the, inter, the internet says this is all this is all from Ohio State. You know what the internet says? The internet was like, "Man, we didn't have any leaks for a couple days. It's almost as though the leaker had to coach a game in Madison." <laughs> <laughs> I did not you see know, that one. I get it. Drip, drip 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 and then what happened? Oh gosh. Got to <laughs> Got to rework the game plan now that Travion Henderson is full go. Does it change your guys' opinions if they win at all? Like, does that make it more likely that he can say, I did my job, now I can go? Or does it not change your mind at all? Oh, Oh, you mean on him leaving? Yeah, yeah, his decision. Yeah. I think you could see a walk-off right off into the sunset, mission accomplished kind of deal, yeah. Yeah. I don't think it changes my overall perspective, though. Because isn't roster-wise, we're going to be talking about a reset year? I think they will still be contending for the 12-teamer, but it will be a bit of a step back roster-wise, particularly with quarterback, assuming McCarthy goes pro. Yeah. But they're also, like, they are not shy. They use the portal. Like, yeah. they aren't shy about going in there and getting what they need. So, I don't know. You could They're going to lose a lot, but they could also get plenty back in the portal. Sure. This is... Uh... It's a it's a group with a lot of names we've seen playing a lot of big games. You know, it's, it's always uh, you can you can go to the portal heavy, but that's uh this this does feel like it could be the end of an era. We'll I see. Want to make a comment 
to some of the commenters. You do realize Jim Harbaugh got to the Super Bowl in the NFL, right? Like, Wait, I, I see comments like, oh, good? there's no cupcake games in the NFL. He got to the Super Bowl there. It's He's proven he can win at that level too, guys. And if the Ravens didn't pull the power there, he might have won. Yeah. I, I know. I thought that was uh, – never mind. I'm not even going to speak ill of our great, great Queen Bee. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was the halftime show. Um, all right. Uh, listen, we we had some conversations about it in the group chat, so I, I figured I'd at least uh, you know see, see if there's any 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 further conversation here. But what do we make of Deion Sanders saying that he's going to get a whole new offensive line? We still got Always. some games left, Coach. You're four and four. I understand that these are challenging games left, but man. This is the, the portal ain't open for undergrads yet. Like if you're trying to get all the grad students, yeah, you you can maybe maybe hope that the Michigan State's got some offensive linemen that are jumping in the portal already. But what kind of message that? does that send? Yeah, you you always see it every year, like a plethora of like power five starting ready offensive linemen in the portal. It's just chock full of them every year. You just go in there and get yourself a whole line. Guys, another here's another question. What what are why are Dion's comments being treated differently than Pat Narduzzi's? He's doing the same thing. He's saying our, we thought we had better players than we did. We don't. They stink. We need new ones. That's basically what Narduzzi said, and he got roasted for. Didn't Brett Bielema say it too? Probably because of the time of night he said it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, did, did, that, that game didn't get over till pretty late, and, and Narduzzi's game got over earlier. Bielema said his were taken out of context too, but they weren't, they weren't that the players stink. It was just that none of the guys that the previous coaching staff had recruited to play on the offense line were still there or starting and playing. So they were very young up front. I think so, it is very much a story to keep an eye on the, the quit factor coming in. I mean, how do you feel if you're an offensive lineman on that team and your coach has said you stink like to everybody. And not only that, like there's an aspect of you have to be honest and you know, you're not very good but we're not going to develop you. We're not going to coach around you. You're just gone. Like that to me is the thing that's different about what Dion is saying. And Narduzzi did too. But like the fact that he's saying we're going to go out and get new guys. I just, how are they going to look the last four weeks of the season? You know, are you going to go out there and give your all knowing like this is the, this is both the, the blessing and the curse of NIL. Like if you were brought in there to make some money or whatever the situation or, or if you know, you're going to enter the portal the guys are going to throw in the towel, you know, like guys show up for the paycheck in the NFL all the time. I think you're going to see guys and maybe they show up, maybe they don't, but if they do, are they going to be walking through the motions because they're, you know, their coach just threw them under the bus. I think it's really dicey to say this, this early after the season open it. Yeah, for sure. We get it. But with four games left, I have a couple thoughts. Number one, Colorado desperately needs some of the offensive linemen. It ran off. Right, like the the guys that left are better than some of the guys they have. Number two, the vast majority of this offensive line for Colorado right now are transfers. Okay, they're a pretty good reflection of what you can get in the portal if you're not Michigan, Georgia, you know, serious national title contending team. Oklahoma got got a couple good ones this year. Ohio State, you know, needed to get a couple. Average or slightly above average offensive linemen go to great teams when they're in the portal. There's a serious lack of quality or even passable offensive linemen in the portal. And if they're in there, you're going to pay them, right? Mm -hmm. A really good offensive tackle is going to get over 500,000 in the portal. 
Does Colorado get that kind of NIL, Jack? Maybe they do if you're Travis or Shador. But for everybody else, I don't know. And then you still have to convince them to come play for a team that's fighting for its life for a bowl game. I, this is the one limiting factor when you rebuild through the portal. Like everybody thinks the portal is a quick fix. And clearly from going from one win to four wins, maybe they'll get five, maybe they'll get six. Hell, maybe they'll get seven. Who knows? College football is kind of unpredictable. But one thing I can predict is that you can't just quick flip the offensive line room. It takes time because it's the hardest position to get, especially tackle in the portal. You have to get bodies out of high school. You have to invest the time in developing them, teaching, putting weight on. Like you just, you can't outpunch your weight class. Dion could be the best damn recruiter out there. And I think he is a good recruiter, obviously. He's got serious personality, serious chops and gravitas. But if they ain't in the portal, they ain't in the portal. And the best ones, like Dion is not beating Georgia for kids or Michigan. Or, or schools like that. So they're not going to quick flip, like, flip this thing. It's just not going to get materially better. Now, the competition gets worse, okay, because the defensive line play in the Big 12 is, for the most part, pretty bad. It's worse than what the Pac-12 has. Pac-12 has different body types at the top than what the Big 12 has, especially with Oklahoma and Texas leaving. Now, Utah comes in, but they, you already play Utah this year, so that's kind of net-net. But, like, Kansas doesn't have D-linemen who scare you. You know, TCU, Texas Tech, not, not a ton compared to what you see week to week in the Pac-12. So the competition gets a little easier. And yeah, I mean, after you proof of concept, maybe you make a bowl, maybe you can slightly upgrade this. But if you want to get protection for Shador, you got to do one of two things. Declare for the NFL draft or hurry up and graduate and transfer. <laughs> or leave uh, a, somebody in to chip somebody once in a while. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing. They're in personnel all day, right? Yeah, yeah that, that was, was the You want to go play tight in there? Well, <laughs> let me ask you something. Because I think this, I I would not doubt, doubt Dion. I think he can crush. I think he can compete with Georgia, Ohio State, and I think they'll. I think, you know, talking to Jerry Blo- Jeremy Bloom, a former football player, Olympic skier, like there is a movement there that you. I think they'll be able to c- carry the momentum no matter how the season unfolds. If it falls apart, I still think they'll be like, hey, our roster was bad. I mean, Dion did flip uh, Travis Hunter to Jackson State, right? So if he can do that, I think he can go get anybody from anybody. The question that I have, and Cormani McLean, he got five, like he's gotten some good, talented players before. Five star. I don't know if it's going to pan out or not, but you know what I'm saying. What about the guys that already transferred in? As you mentioned, like they're not very good. Where do they go? Like that aspect. What if they don't want to leave and Dion wants to turn them over? And like in a year when you could transfer for free, what if they're like, no, I'm I'm on scholarship here. Like I want like. I get you can try to run them off, but if they have to sit out a year, they're going to be much more inclined to say, I don't want to sit out a year. I want to stay here. And that gets really uncomfortable. I don't know how he's going to run them off. This is exactly why I thought it was misguided to say that the luggage you were bringing in was Louie, right? And I never got more hate from these casuals than I did for ranking Colorado's transfer class 10th. So I was like, look, Shador's really good. Travis is amazing. The receivers are decent players. Like, they're yeah, you got power five quality receivers there now. The other stuff is like we, we we did a whole segment on this. There were like scout team guys from Alabama or like mid-level guys from the Mac. Like they were not quality players. And so you took them. And I wonder if part of the assumption was to Danny's point, you took them at a time in which the NCAA was being pretty permissive with this two, you know, double mm-hmm. transfer stuff. It was still against mm-hmm. the rules, but it wasn't really enforced as a, uh, uh, Yahoo guy, uh, Dan Wetzel says, like, everybody found a diabetes un- or a dialysis uncle, right? 
you know, and they were able to claim that within 100 yards or 100 miles or whatever it was and transfer again. But now it seems to be pretty enforced. Like Tez Walker is the exception. So you might be stuck with this luggage that you called Louie. And I, I don't know. Like, you're, eh, we'll see. Would you change the offense? No. No. Okay. You, you want to go to an offense that's more reliant on pushing people around? Like, I, I want Shador slinging it. He's played well. I think they got to bring a little more balance. I think they got to try to run it a little bit more. When you like, when you can pin your ears back the way that the defenses have been, it's tricky I mean, though. But Colorado like played them, or sorry, UCLA played them light box the entire night. Like UCLA was right. daring them to run. They didn't have a run over ten yards. What about for Tempo? I mean, are you make are you increasing your chances to be able to win the game by playing lightning fast? Well, they're not going quite as fast as they were. I, I think Dion smartly dials it down against these good teams. Mm. Coming up on the other side, every single Monday, a reaction to the changes in the new AP Top 25 and checking in with Day Trade and Danny. Next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Back here on the Cover 3 podcast. Look, Halloween coming up on Tuesday. It is so important that you remember your pets, your dogs, your cats, your performative monkeys. You must keep them under control. There are children around. Related. <laughs> Pull assassin. Checking in on the new AP Top 25 rankings. Right at the top, still no change. As we said on Saturday night, Georgia would only strengthen its position for number one after the Florida win. They collect 48 first-place votes. That's about 10 more than last week. Create a much larger buffer between the Bulldogs and Michigan at number two. No changes at all in the top five. Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Florida State, Washington. Slight bump up for the Oregon Ducks after that win against Utah. Oklahoma falls three spots behind Texas. They're down to number 10. Oregon State also taking a spill. Utah taking a spill all the way out of the rankings. North Carolina and Duke. What are our big reactions? What stands out about the new AP Top 25? Why is Louisville behind Notre Dame? Didn't, didn't, they, smash, did, did, didn't, they, didn't they smash the Irish? They, they have two more wins over Power 5 bowl teams. They smashed Duke. They had like a crazy, you know, turnover rain. Nah, that Duke win doesn't count. They, they still beat did. the crap out of them. I mean, uh, yeah. But look, I'm not going to prop up a resume. I'm beating that Duke team right now. Uh, I mean, it's it's better than Notre Dame's second best win, mm. right? 
Mm. Don't disagree with that. I'm just saying I wouldn't like. And they also head to head smashed him. Like that wasn't a competitive game. Mm. Mm. You know, but you seem really concerned about these other ACC teams. You know, because yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Like they have a good non-conference season, yeah, and now like they beat each other up. And yeah. Well, how count. quickly we forget. How quickly yeah. we forget. Like four and one against the SEC. It's it's like yeah. before you were like, yeah, North Carolina. That resume should stand up. And then you know, you, know, you got off that one. You know, well, we agreed. And then then all of a sudden you're like Louisville. We need it. Are you, are you concerned about the ranking of a potential Florida State opponent in the ACC championship game? <laughs> no, I'm really not. Like, like honestly, I 12-1 Florida State's going to get in if they win. Because the the, the Pac-12 and the Big the Big 12 are going to beat themselves up pretty bad. And it, if Oklahoma wins the Big 12, Florida State's resume at 12-1 is going to be better. But it's about to be like, why isn't Virginia Tech ranked? I mean, come on. No, Chris, that I'm not. not. Look at the Hokies. <laughs> you really have to look at the Hokies. Yeah, man, I, I, I was, it was so funny. I was sorting out these profiles, and that's the thing is, like, Clemson and Duke wins don't mean as much anymore, you know? Right. This, like, North Carolina, Clemson, Duke, all moving in the wrong directions, and the new CBS Sports 133, I mean, it. one of the sections I do for the post on the site is some of the biggest, most notable movers throughout the entire 133. I mean, it was a basketball season-ass change as Clemson, Duke, North Carolina, all dropping. Man, it's a... Uh, it's it really is the the dream of the '90s where Florida State's way out in front, everybody else is just trying to get to the Peach Bowl. We'll say the one thing that's killing Louisville though is the the pit loss. Like it's you can't have a thirty-eight to twenty-one loss to that pit team and not have it you know kind of hurt your ranking in the eyes of some. But I agree with you overall. The resume is better. Just yeah. Why yeah, did um? Why did Penn State move up? Oh, you want to know? <laughs> I mean, I get why they did, but they did not look very impressive. And I know everybody struggled, but my goodness, if you ask about direction of Penn State, which way they're headed, I would not say it should be up. I mean, Kirk, Kirk Kenny, my guy from the San Diego Union Tribune, has Penn State at five. He's got Whoa. Penn State. He's got Penn State ahead of Washington. He's got Penn State ahead of Oregon, Texas. Did he hit the wrong Alabama. button again. He's the one that hit the wrong button on Florida, Florida State, didn't he? <laughs> That's our guy. I think so. Yeah. But yeah, it's I mean, I mean like what's what's Penn State's best win? It's like Iowa. Iowa. Yeah, yeah, it's so Iowa it's, and Iowa and West Virginia are Penn State's best wins. I like from a college football playoff selection committee resume analysis, they're they are not a uh, a top ten team. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. I, having them ahead of like Texas and Alabama to me is just like okay, sure. Is USC a Top twenty-five team. We hit this one last week, but like, what did they do to? Yeah, really they're just not a top ten team. No, Miami is, Miami is a better resume than them. Dead serious. Line them up. All right. US USC got destroyed by Notre Dame. Miami had what a two-score loss mm-hmm. at North Carolina. Losses are pretty similar. Miami's actual wins are way better than anything USC has. Like, what, what's USC's best win? Arizona. Arizona. Okay. Miami crushed Texas A&M. A&M's a better team than Arizona is. You, you sure? really got to look at Miami. Easily. We, should, we yes. need to make sure Miami is in the top lost to Mississippi State. Especially when they play Florida State. We need to make sure Miami's in the top 15. Dude, I'm serious. They don't need to be top 15, but like Miami's resume is legitimately better than USC. USC has zero quality wins. Zero. Um, I mean, so for your Miami... They have, are they going to beat any Power 5 teams to make a bowl, USC? Yeah, Arizona. I guess yeah, Arizona's gonna make a Arizona's ball. Arizona's five and three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, you know, like kind of like that's better than Clemson. 
You know, Miami beat yeah, Clemson. I, I don't think the committee is that dumb as far as like, <laughs> do we think Arizona is better than Clemson really? Like, no, Clemson but, had a, had like a huge net success rate edge over NC State and had some crazy ass turnovers. Now they keep having them, so you got to dock them for it. But like realistically, what, what are we doing here? Yeah, Texas A and M is a is a better win than Arizona. Yes, I would I would agree with that. Yeah, destroying them as opposed to going to overtime at home. Yeah. What about the second best win? The second best win for Miami. Yeah. Yeah, that's Clemson. I guess, four and four. Clemson. I mean, it's either four and four Clemson or nothing. I mean, then you. Jump what's what's down. USC's second best win? USC's second best win. But did USC lose to Georgia Tech? No, Georgia Tech's gonna make a bowl now. Apparently, I mean like, Notre Dame just, and U- that loss is gonna look a little better. I'm surprised yeah. about this, but it is. Um, Notre Dame and Utah. I, you want to know why the quality loss argument? Which I'm not. You're asking for an explanation. That's all I got. USC's two losses are to teams that are in the top 25 as well. And, and Miami's two losses are to teams that are not in the top 25. And also Miami's last two wins have been one score games against mediocre to bad teams. Like, yeah, they blew out or they didn't, they, they beat Texas A&M by two scores, but like they played much better than Texas A&M that day, but like they've blown out Miami of Ohio temple and Bethune Cookman against every power five team they've played. They've been kind of in the same kind of struggle that USC well, and, is. And A&M, right. They, they did blow out A&M. Three scores. They beat it by 15. 15 points, yeah. which so, is two that's scores. a good win. Yes. It was yeah, a, no, it was it's a not a bad win. win. I'm just saying, though, they have not been overly impressive in any of their games. Agreed. It's, but they've been so, more impressive than USC has. That, that was my only note here in the show notes. Is like Miami's resume and eye test is better than USC. And USC is just still hanging on because of preseason helium, where they were. Like, There's no argument, I don't think, realistically, that USC is better than Miami. Either eye test, resume, on field. I don't. I don't see it. How I many wins USC does Liberty need to have to crack the top twenty-five? Fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I have them as as the the look. I, I think obviously Chad Will's done a great job there. They have played the weakest schedule in the country. On on my stuff, one hundred thirty-third out of one hundred thirty-three. They need to bump it up. Thirtieth out of mine. Yeah. Yeah. The the thing that in this goes back. Like if if they want to get the twelve team playoff, because I think they're they're not even gonna like he did, we had him on the radio show and he didn't really try to make the case this year. Like he he knows like he knows yeah. Conference USA the non con is not great. They used to do really well against the ACC. I mean it wasn't not that long ago. I think they were two and one or possibly two and zero oh against the ACC, uh, ACC with Hugh Freeze. But the thing that's crazy is next year they're only adding App State as another opponent. They're still going with this kind of easier schedule. Which I don't understand. I mean, I guess maybe you're trying and you can't get a power five team on there, but you got to get some power five teams on there else, or you're not going to get in. I don't know if they're there in the development cycle, honestly. Like, that may not be a bad thing for them to win nine, 10, 11, 12 ball games again next year. Yeah. Just, I mean, they, might, they, they could go undefeated back to back. And like, they're not what a, they need. I don't think they're a positive number. Like, I don't think they're a top half team in college football. Mm. I think the CUSA is like legitimately, hor- and I think like again, I think they've done a nice job there. But talent wise, I don't think that they have the athletes to compete. Well, yeah, I mean, if if Jeremy Chadwell is going to stay there and build, he's he's dealing with a roster that already had some some quick flip, you know, in the wake of Hugh Freeze, and so now it's going to take a little bit uh, to build that up along the way. All right, every single Monday, it is. One of our very 
very favorite segments that we've introduced in the history of this show. So it's time that we move to the trading room floor and check in with Day Trading Danny. All right, here we go. You good? All right, we're coming. Don't worry. We're coming. Oh, that's oh, right. Oh, let's baby, let's go. Hold on, we got to get the full get up right here. We coming. Stock market's open. We're buying, selling. We're making moves out here. Let's go. Come on. Hold on. Hold on a second. There you go. Let's do this. All what right. time is it? <laughs> what time is it? Let's start off. I'm glad you guys did this because we were just talking about, arguing about some of the uh, conferences that are out there. Who's you know who's the best conference? Whose wins are better? I am selling the Pac-12 as the best Power Five country in the uh, in the land. Here's why: Over the weekend, we had Oregon State lose to Arizona. Washington State now has lost four in a row. Remember, they were a top twenty-five team. UCLA just barely beat Colorado. Couldn't cover that one. Don't have a quarterback. I'm worried about them losing Dante Moore. By the way, USC almost loses to Cal. Washington has a bad game against Stanford. Now, before you think I'm just bashing and just selling the Pac-12, here's what I want to sell on altogether. The whole which conference, my conference is better than yours. You know what I'm buying? That they're all really similar. When it all breaks down, they all, this has been my case all along with the SEC and everybody else. There's always one or two teams that can make the playoff. There's a bunch of okay teams in the middle that are going to have surprising upsets and surprising wins. And then there's a couple dogs at the bottom. They're all more alike than we want to admit, but yet we get caught up in, well, the Pac-12 had eight teams for the first time in history in the top 25. Maybe they're the best Power 5 conference. Don't fall for it every single year. Are you with me on that? Well, yeah. Yes. I mean, the math is changing on how many conference consolidation is going to give us the, like, insane like, how are you doing conference power rankings with 18 team conferences like we're already in a new era heading into next year for sure but i'm with you for sure all right speaking of selling the market's been red lately so i'm just going to go with a couple sells to start us off we talked a little bit about this the Deion sanders pat narduzzi i am selling any coach who is throwing his players under the bus calling them out every great coach i ever played for no matter how bad we played and it was bad at times the coach got up there and said it was my fault. I got to do a better job prepping them. I got to call a better game. This is on me. Throwing your players under the bus. And I'll put Pat Narduzzi in there too, who I like a lot. And I think Dion's a good football coach. It is an awful look for you to throw your players under the bus. So I am selling those coaches. I think they need to walk it back. I need to clarify what they're doing. So I am selling them. You know what else I'm selling? Dave Dorn. Why is Dave Dorn got to say NC State's not a basketball school? My nephew's there now. I'm like, come on, NC State. What's, what's wrong with NC State basketball? Why can't you be both? Mark Stoops has found a way to make Kentucky both a basketball and a football school. Why you got to throw your basketball program under the bus? Come on, Ben Middlebrooks. I'm buying up some Ben Middlebrooks stock. Watch out for him. <laughs> Big man coming up this year. All right, so I'm selling them out there. All right, which brings me to some buys because we need to make some purchases um, you know what you need to do uh, when you're out there and you're looking to buy something or you're out in the day trading market? You need to learn how to be a closer. Jordan, give it to me. A, B, C. A, always B, B, C, closing. Always be closing. Always be closing. It's 
not how you start, it's how you finish. And in this case, this player has started strong and he's only going to get better. I think coming off maybe one of his best performances as the quarterback, buy me some Jordan Travis for Heisman. Now get it while it's too, uh, before it gets too rich. It's already a uh, plus 800, which isn't great value, but he's not even in the top three at most books. He's outside of the top three. Get it now while you can, because statistically he's going to be in the mix. Their schedule coming up is light at Pitt, and then he's got North uh, Alabama, and then he also has Miami and Florida, two big brands that I think he's going to play well against. He already has 24 total touchdowns versus just two interceptions. In a, in a Heisman race, which is wide open as we've seen, by Jordan Travis because he could be the last man standing when, it said, uh, when it's all said and done. So buy up some Jordan Travis in that Heisman stock. You know how I'm already holding? I mentioned these two the last couple of weeks. I'm already holding Ollie Gordon, who, by the way, back-to-back 250-plus uh, yard games. That's the first time that's happened since uh, 2020. He's now leading the country in rushing, which is remarkable, considering in the first two games you barely saw him at all. I don't think he can win the Heisman, but I wouldn't put anything past what he's done so far. And Oklahoma State has a huge game in Stillwater this weekend. Uh, versus the Oklahoma Suitors. Bedlam for the last time, which brings me to another sell. I'm selling Oklahoma. I'm selling it off now. We saw, And I know it's one game, but we talked about this a little bit before. I am much more bullish on Texas, even though they lost in the Red River rivalry game. I think Texas, when they get Quinn Ewers back, because I think Malik Murphy was a little bit dicey, but I think Quinn Ewers is back before they get to the thick of the uh, thick of the schedule and get to the Big 12 uh, title game. And, and Oklahoma got pushed around, right? I'm selling Dylan Gabriel as the Heisman Trophy stock. Before, I've told you guys, buy when it's low. He dropped to 40 to 1 odds, which are worse than they were before the Texas game. He was 35 to 1, and I was mad for not buying it. Do not buy the dip. On the Oklahoma Sooners, very curious to see what happens this weekend in Stillwater. The very last bedlam we'll see for the foreseeable future, selling Oklahoma and Dylan Gabriel. So uh, real quickly on Oklahoma State and that game this weekend, have you seen the Cowboys schedule on the other side of bedlam? Mm-hmm. It's three Big 12 newcomers. Mm-hmm. Don't let Oklahoma State win that game because then we won't be seeing Texas and Oklahoma in a rematch then it might be the Cowboys lining it up in Dallas for the chance to win the Big 12 title. And, like, you want to talk about some tinfoil hat conspiracy theory. You know, what does the Big 12 want if it's the big a part of your future or a part of your past lining up on that first Saturday in December? Cowboys, look. Don't don't let the Cowboys get frisky in Stillwater, win that game, and then all of a sudden march all the way to the Big 12 title game. It's, need, it's in the cards. You know who else you won't be seeing? You won't be seeing me and Tom on the show because we'll be on our own private island with that Oklahoma State 60-1, to actually. <laughs> we, need, we need Oklahoma State to be drinking coffee because, Danny, who's coffee for? Oh, for closers. That's right. There we go. All right, last one. Uh, they'll dabble in the futures market, all right? Now, this is where, it's where I got myself into a little bit of trouble because the futures never close. They close for about 15 minutes from 4.15 to 4.30, and then they're right back open so you can go 24-7. In the futures market, uh, I think this – actually, this uh, Bud had a tweet that made me think of this because I think this is incredible value still while they're not one of the Power 5 favorites at minus money. Give me Oregon as the Pac-12 champ at plus 100. You can still get plus money on Oregon 
I think they showcase they are on a mission similar to what we talked about, Oklahoma, Texas. I still think Oregon is the best team, even though they lost against Washington. If they meet Washington again in the uh, Vegas in the Pac-12 championship game, give me Oregon. And then I need you to look up this one for me, bud, because this one could be even a longer shot. I saw the odds-on favorite to win the American is Tulane. What can I get SMU at? Give me the Mustangs, baby. Give me Rhett Lashley. Give me Preston Stone, who had a bad game versus TCU. But if you write off that one, 19 touchdowns, five interceptions, and buy me up that SMU defense. Did you guys know uh, Ohio State and Penn State are number one in the country in yards per play? They're giving up less than four uh, yards per play. SMU is only giving up 4.1 yards per play. Their defense is legit. They just came off a couple blowouts. The American will be won by SMU. SMU does a really good job identifying personnel in the portal. Like their hit rate, I think, is pretty damn high. I, they're plus 175 to win it. Um, it's basically, I don't know, I, I guess like Memphis and UTSA are certainly still live uh, to win the American, but it's probably going to come down to Tulane and SMU. So I, I can see that. My Memphis confidence bottomed out with the way that North Texas messed around and nearly won it. I, I don't think Memphis won that game. I think North Texas lost it. North Texas, uh, I don't know what the hell they were doing not using Rodgers at quarterback in the first couple games this year, but since they've put him in, he's been damn good. So Are you guys getting the full full experience? Now, now, oh, <laughs> now nice. we are. Here we go. I had to go for the wide shot just so you can get it, the watch, everything. Love so. it. Half um, of us are wearing Colorado hoodies right now. I like it. <laughs> this spend spend ten minutes at the beginning of this show talking about how you can't get a a new offensive line out of the portal, but don't worry, we're rocking all the Colorado gear, right? We're yeah, in. Absolutely. Come on, this is a Colorado podcast. Everyone's known that. Well, Coming up on the other side. Closed. Go ahead. <laughs> Market's closed. Market's ding, closed. Ding, 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 ding. Coming up on the other side. Every single Monday, our chance to go under the hood and look back at all of our big picture takeaways from the weekend. We call it upon for the review. Next. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Sundays and Monday mornings are for going back, watching those games we weren't able to get our eyes on, going deeper on the ones we were, and we come back with some thoughts. We call it Pun for the Review. There were terrible calls. Do we want to go ahead and jump in? After further review. After further review. After further review. Tom, you've uh, 
We've got some thoughts on uh, on the Clemson Tigers. We haven't had a chance to really mention them except as a bit player in the profile of uh, other teams' resumes. You know, with uh, with some time to go back and, and look at the uh, the NC State game and, and sort of everything that's going on with the Tigers right now, what stands out? A lot of things, honestly, and it's it's nothing groundbreaking that we haven't discussed or touched on here before. It's that you know. There is no quick fix. This isn't just some sort of outlier season where it's like, all right, things just haven't gone their way. They're going to bounce back next year. They're going to compete for the ACC title. I don't think it's that easy, not unless there are major changes made in this program because, you know, the last few years we talked about how they the offense was stagnant. Everybody knew what they were doing. They knew their signals and that they really had to go outside the Clemson family to get some fresh eyes and some new blood. And then Dabo actually did it. He brings in Garrett Riley. And the offense is actually, if you look at a lot of stats this year, the offense has been worse. Now, a lot of that is due to turnovers, particularly in the red zone. But the receiving situation is still the same. The school that was sending like receivers to the NFL like crazy hasn't really sent anybody to the NFL. Like, meanwhile, New Hopkins is catching three touchdowns for the Titans and mighty Will Levis yesterday. The offensive line is i mean you know that that's who needs to be in the portal this offseason getting a new offensive line it's dabo sweeney because it is bad they have had three offensive linemen draft of their last 50 draft picks three have been offensive linemen that is not a typical kind of stat with a team that is supposed to be competing for national titles and that's the thing that i think they need to do i think if dabo wants to be a team competing for the acc and for national titles they need to change their philosophy and use the transfer portal. Will they? I don't know. If they don't, I don't think they're going to be six and six every year, but they're not going to be going 10 and two and 11 and one much. I agree with Tom's point on this for the most part. I, I do think it's important to point out like they don't have Cole Turner or Cole Turner, they don't have Williams, and they don't have Walker Parks. Like those are three pretty important pieces on offense who they're now without. And they, I mean, they were the better team than NC State in that game. But they've had a couple of these this year, and every year there's a team or two that has crazy negative variance when it comes to turnovers, both in terms of the number of turnovers, you know, how likely the turnovers are to occur, fumble luck, the bounces, and then also where they occur, right? You know, turn it over in the low red zone multiple times is is kind of crazy. They, they held NC State to a 20% success rate, and I think their own was a 45%, which is like a huge edge. That's one of the biggest edges – of any game played this weekend. But so in a vacuum, yeah, like if I had to make a number on that game again, I'm still making it Clemson minus 10, right? I went through this morning. I did all my new power ratings. NC State had 202 yards in the game. But that, they, they outplayed them that, that they lost on the scoreboard. But overall, I think Tom's totally right. Like they have to make some changes because they're not really close to seriously competing for the ACC title this year. If they want to get back, I think he's right. But there are some sort of micro points here. But to, to what you're saying, like the players that they're missing on offense, that's what the portal's supposed to be for. Like you've got these coaches out here thinking we can go in the portal and get brand new starting defensive lines or offensive lines. The portal's supposed to be to plug holes. And Clemson suffering injuries and then suddenly being bad Yes. That happens to developmental programs. That doesn't happen to programs that are supposed to be competing for national titles. Those teams are supposed to be able to withstand some injuries because they have the depth because they've recruited and they've gone to the portal to make sure that they have it. The fact that Clemson doesn't means that when it suffers a few injuries to key players, 
they might not have a guy behind them who's ready to play at the level that they need him to play at. Yeah, I mean, Brittany Stool, Salato, and Collins having 27 targets is not ideal. Mm-hmm. Those guys are not difference makers. I think it's interesting because, you know, looking historically, we've had this conversation on here before. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Winning Uh-oh, almost Deanna. every single year. Do you lose me? We lost you for a second there, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I had the internet fixed, too. This is ridiculous. Somebody did say that my internet was going to be worse than Bud's mute today. I guess it did. <laughs> um, so, over the course of history, like, we've seen teams in the thick of dynasties, and when you're in it, you're like, well, how's this ever going to end? How's it going to come to a close? And I think there are some signs of the end that you could see with Clemson, why they're in the position they are now, and you could even position this possibly for Alabama yet if they don't you know, go back to the playoffs this season. So I think complacency sets in. I don't know if that's a huge issue. I think the culture is pretty good. We'll have to see how it finishes out. But like if you get complacent, you get the big recruiting classes, they just don't put in the work. And some of that could, uh, you know, extend directly from a staff that is complacent as well. Like you got to be hungry. That's one of the things that's most impressive about what Bama did with Nick and what Kirby's doing right now, finding ways to motivate them. The other ones is you miss on a coordinator. And you're, because you're going to lose coordinators when you're a dynasty, right? And if you, if you elevate from within or you hire from without, in this case, they've tried both and neither one has worked. Like if you don't hit on those, you're going to find yourselves falling off. They have as well. Clearly the Brent Venables loss has taken its toll in the defense. Uh, and then if you miss on a quarterback, I think it's way too early to say that yet with Cade Klubnik, but the returns have not met the expectation just yet for Cade Klubnik. And then it's kind of like, because you can get a caliber quarterback of, you know, his rating, it scares off anybody else. You have no depth. You have nobody else to turn to. So, like, all of those three things are potentially in play with Clemson, which is why we are where we are. I also think that there is likely to be some turnaround in season, right? So, I look at things that are like leading indicators and lagging indicators, and I, I look for separation in certain categories where, like, okay, one, they will not maintain – or should not maintain for the whole season like this big of a gap. And one of those is success rate versus you know points per like scoring opportunity, if you want to call it. So like getting the ball inside the opponent 35, what do you do with it as opposed to like your overall success rate, both offense and defense? Typically, the latter has a lot more variance, right? What you do in in, in the red zone area, like that, that's no that's more noisy because there's less opportunities. Clemson's like 40th in success rate right now. They're 96th in what they do like down there in the low red zone. That's probably going to improve. It would be hard to be worse. I think they're still number one in the country in turnover rate in the red zone, which, again, is very random and fluky for the most part, relative to how good they are. I don't right? think so. You think it's I, I think they think have an identity crisis. Where their turnovers happen? I, I, I think they have an identity crisis when it's time to make things happen. I don't think they're quarterback. I don't think they're offense. I don't think that they know what they do to go get points. And if they did, they wouldn't have this many turnovers. They wouldn't have this many failures. And I think that that probably plays into the larger, um, oh my gosh, what's happening? Why isn't this working? That That's what is the larger you know issues around this Clemson team is, is how do you adjust the mentality of a group and a program that was running at one speed and just can't hit it, right? They're trying, they're pressing, they're trying too hard, and that's the problem. Like I, 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 I think that the fit. It's 
I described it recently as this. Um, if you pack up a whole bunch of like cords and I don't understand that this isn't going to be relatable to everybody because not everybody hauls around like audio and video equipment across the country, but sometimes they get tangled and sometimes it gets like tangled into a huge ball and you keep trying to pull on one thing like, okay, it's red zone. Okay. It's turnovers. Okay. It's the offensive line. And, and every single time you pull at one of them, it just is going to make it tighter and more compressed. Like, I don't know what a true reset is, but Clemson needs some time to totally step back and change a lot of things. I, I don't think all these small fixes are going to make it happen because it is the combination of all the tiny things that make me think the product, they made me think this team is four and four. They make me think this team is four and four with Notre Dame, Georgia Tech, North Carolina, and South Carolina. Six and six is a good finish for the Clemson Tigers right now. And that is amazing. So but didn't you just do that though? I mean, firing Streeter and bringing in the best hire you could find. I mean, that felt like that was the big move that they need to make. I think all of us, I think all you guys have great points. I, mean, I, I totally agree with Tom. I think he has to admit he was wrong, or maybe he doesn't have to do it publicly. He has to hit the portal. Like, it is like an NFL team saying, nah, we're not going to use free agency. We're just going to win with the draft. Like, it doesn't make any sense. And I think in order, like, is he going to check his ego and say, I was wrong? I don't know. It doesn't even matter if he says it publicly, but he has to hit the portal to address some of these needs. Totally agree. I think if you're a Clemson power player, like a guy that, that that cuts the real checks, I think you're kind of happy with this season. Like once you saw that they were not natty good, you're probably like, hey, let's lose a couple more so we can remove all doubt as, as to the need to make some changes in terms of holding on to dead weight in the program, not running guys off, you know, like not bringing anybody in from the portal. To my other point on this too, like there is some weird bad luck stuff with Clemson. Okay, I'm not just trying to defend Clemson here. Like, like there's stuff. You're, there's no reason why you're really good at third and short defense, but really bad at fourth and short defense. Okay, what matches up with the overall Clemson profile? Clemson is sixth in the country in success rate allowed. It's the third and short defense. The fact that people have converted a couple really high variance fourth downs against them, that's making their record look worse. Right. Same thing with their goal to go touchdown rate. Like. When it's actually like like first and goal, second goal, third and goal, they're in like the 90s. Again, not a ton of opportunities. That's going to regress back to what their overall success rate is. Like there's no reason why Clemson is especially bad at goal line defense, but happens to be really good on third and short defense. You see what I'm saying here? Like they have been a weird confluence of just poor play at times and also some really bad luck. They're only a three-point underdog at home to Notre Dame, by the way, this weekend. I don't know if you guys have seen that. But like, yeah, that you know, you yeah. know what this reminds me of. Let's stick in the ACC. We'll, I'll speak your ACC boy language. Mike Shashevsky won a lot of national titles at Duke, doing things the uh, we're going to recruit our kind of guys way. We're going to develop and we're going to build these great teams and we're going to win national titles. And then the era of the one and done began, and Duke started falling behind. And at first, Coach K was like, "No, we're not doing one and dones. It's not how we do it. It's not how we do it." Oh crap, I better start doing one and dones if I want to keep winning. That's where Dabo finds himself right mm -hmm. now. It's like you can only stick if if his goal is to win national titles, and you know what? It might not be. He might just be more concerned about playing with our kind of guys and building great men. And if that's what he wants, fine. I don't know how long Clemson's gonna want it. But if he wants to win national titles, he's got to make a similar change shift in this direction. Uh, Bud, where do you want to go? Uh, let's do bowl watch. All right. All right. So here's Bud's bowl watch. Basically locked up a bowl, barring like an absolute collapse. Congrats to Auburn. 
NC State, West Virginia, Minnesota, Nebraska, and Iowa State. Like, I'd be very surprised at this point if any of those teams failed to make a bowl game after they got those wins this weekend. Some of those have had disappointing seasons. Others are really happy to be making a bowl. You know, probably Nebraska there. West Virginia, obviously, compared to preseason. But there is a bit of a, like, all right, at least we know we're going to make a bowl. Iowa State, I think we've known for probably two, three weeks now. But, like, the win they got this weekend was important uh, in in cementing that. Staying alive, Vatek and BC. Mm Mm-hmm. They have a real shot to make a bowl now. Um, Vegas not really buying into the Hokies at all. Louisville 11-point favorite over them this weekend, but we shall see. Next category, Halloween. Holy, but hold Actually, on. We do have Jeff Brown refractionary period, right? We, this is true. <laughs> yes. this, this, it's a great point. No doubt. Back from the dead, Georgia Tech. I can't believe I'm saying this. Northwestern actually has some shot. To make a bowl still, they're only... I think Northwestern still controls its destiny in the West. Yeah. (laughs) Are they going to coach against Brian Ferentz this weekend? The the chat's been buzzing about that. Our our workroom also has some commentary. Like, is Brian Ferentz about to get got today? I don't know. I haven't Um, heard anything. I I, I haven't seen it, but it it was not high up on my priority list of things to check this morning because they were off off a bye week. Uh, Arkansas State, back from the dead. Getting the win at UL in a row, we'll, we'll see. Western Michigan, by the way. Guys, Western Michigan could make a bowl, and I don't know that any team got oh. ravaged more in the portal. So could make a bowl and could be bowl eligible. Different conversations when you're dealing sure. with the MAC and the Sun Belt. Yep, yep. Ma- make a bowl. <laughs> Correct, 100%. Uh, next category I call OOF. Uh, UCF, Mississippi State, and Marshall are all uh, – they're not completely dead, but the three losses this weekend were were harmful. Uh, Mississippi State, Auburn was kind of who can make a bowl, who, who can't. Uh, bury them, Baylor, Houston, South Carolina, Purdue, Cincinnati, Cal, and Pitt. All, I think, are basically 100% done at this point. Is that it for Dana? I don't know. It, isn't it kind of one guy that that, that calls the shot? I, I don't. I don't know what uh, what his feelings are there. Houston's got bigger problems. They can't wear their Oiler jerseys anymore. I know. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah NFL, NFL said so. Cease and desist. That's messed up. Or we'll suspend Jim Harbaugh when he comes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Mike. So, all right. Terrell Pryor had an NFL suspension, right? Mm-hmm. There was. I was going to say, like, there is precedent. Four, you never got punished for something that happened in college, and the NFL can come through with it. I don't think it would happen yeah. to Jim Harbaugh mm-hmm. either. But look, it was a it was a that that and the contract rescinded were stories that were were very got a lot of high placement in terms of the overall like broadcasting of college football news. But I do agree with y'all. I, I would not expect that to be the case should Harbaugh leave for the NFL a, after the season. To be fair, though, Terrell Pryor getting free tattoos is far worse than anything Michigan. <laughs> that's what I wrote on Friday. Like one of the one of the reasons why this is so uh, you know drawing so much ire is that Ohio State had all the vacated wins, and they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. So that for this, and then nothing for that. It's I I I can understand the frustration. Um, Things change, right. kids. Rules change. Yeah, rules change. Um, Wisconsin, Tom, 
you went back for uh, for another look at that Ohio State Wisconsin game. What stood out? Yeah, I, I went to watch Ohio State again, and I was just it's it's two weeks in a row. Like their schedule next year is really really tough. I think they've got they've got an Alabama non conference game, but then they're also getting Oregon, they're getting USC, and I think they get. Ohio State or Michigan, they get one of them. I can't remember which one. So the schedule's an absolute beast. But just watching this team, I think Wisconsin is going to be like really good next year. There's just a lot of players in this team that I kind of like to. I expect to be back on next season. And I think Fickle's got them going in a very, very good direction. Like I think that hire is going to pay off with some dividends here. Uh, I got one quick one for yep. you guys. Upon further review, I went back and watched uh, Texas BYU. If Quinn Ewers doesn't come back, who was on the we won't see Arch Manning? Didn't one of you guys say that? No, no, Danny, you and I were on the like. No, <laughs> I'm saying, well, I'm going to double down and say we might see him if if Quinn Ewers does not come back soon. Uh, Malik Murphy, uh, now his first start, big stage. He made some bad throws, totally expected. But if he doesn't clean it up, I'm telling you, I, don't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked if we saw Arch Manning. So a little extra note, I don't know if you caught this on Saturday, but on the flip card in the press box, they actually put it as an or. QB number one, Malik Murphy. That was or. more of a, don't you think that was more gamesmanship for Sark? Like, I think they were trying to act like, ooh, who's it going to be? And then he, you know, I thought it was more of that. But why not? Feeds into it's the close. conspiracy yeah, theory. Yeah. Arch Manning. <laughs> <laughs> Colorado's going down, but Arch Manning's back, baby. <laughs> no. Um, what do we make did, did Auburn find anything in its first SEC win against Mississippi State or is this a Mississippi State problem I think latter I think the latter as well uh, I did ask on Twitter does Hugh Freeze and Mississippi State have beef uh, because Auburn was like chucking the ball deep up two scores late and a lot of Mississippi State fans uh, responded. And it, I guess within that fan base, it's very well known uh, about, uh, about Auburn's uh, alleged recruiting activities this offseason. So, I don't know. I guess they're like – I feel like I'm generally in on, on who's got beef with who. I, I did not realize that one. Now, granted, if Freeze has beef with Mississippi State from you know, prior, uh, yeah. prior engagements, certainly. But I, I didn't know about any new stuff. So, I guess they, they think there's something there. Who knows? Just coming up with excuses for why they're getting their ass kicked. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if they're going to make a change though, right? Like, do you make a change at five and seven? So, since the start of the twenty twenty one season to this point, Maryland is six and thirteen in the months of October and November. Zero and three so far in October. This comes after in twenty twenty one the Terrapins they finished seven and six. But they did that while going one and three in October and one and three in November in 2022 last year. Hey, you were three and one in October, but one and three in November. Is there any, as as Bud likes to say, is there any signal to the noise of these late season woes? Is should Maryland or Mike Loxley, you know, in the wake of this Northwestern loss, the, should this be a trend that is addressed in terms of the Terps' inability to finish strong? Um, I, I think their schedule just gets more difficult later in the year because that tends to be when they're playing Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan. I, I don't know if there's anything really 
damning to it as much as it's just circumstances, kind of like we talked about with the you know Pac-12. They had eight teams ranked, but was it parity or was it just really good scheduling on their part for late season games? But I, watching that Northwestern Maryland game, like first of all, you can't be letting Brendan Sullivan play that well against you, so that's a problem. But the other part is just Talia played like crap. Like I don't really think there was more to it than that. I thought Talia was just really, really bad in that game, and that's what cost him. You take the check, you take the losses. That's what it's about for Maryland. They needed to go to the Big Ten for a financial bailout. That's what they did. They knew they didn't have a chance in hell to compete in that conference, and they took the check. Now they take the losses every year. It is what it is. Like I don't. They, um, they, they can't win in that league, but they will. They will collect checks. So hopefully the fans can root for balance sheets and maybe go to bowl games. Well, that, I mean that's why you schedule with uh, yeah. September games that you can win. And then you hopefully set yourself up to go three and six in conference play and make a bowl game. Win the bowl, then you'll be seven and six. Congratulations. Uh, anything else we want to hit before we get out of here? Do we? Th- right, so, rumor uh, in the chat is that Brian Ferentz is going to um, be out today at Iowa. I also liked the comment from somebody in the chat said that what if it's just a typo and it's not resigns, but resigns, you know, maybe under a new contract with different stipulations that are not 25 points per game. Um, I, I have no info here, but I would just say if he was going to resign, wouldn't he have done it last week? Yeah. Like, why would he be doing it after the buy? Maybe he, maybe he did and they just didn't announce it. Maybe, but I I feel like that would have come out. Um, Ryan Annie pointed out that every team in the Big Ten West is failing to meet the the requirements of, of the Brian Ferentz contract. Every team, mm-hmm. literally all all seven, are not. By the way, that is a division where five teams I think are tied for first place. Hell yeah, yeah. Best division in football. I don't know. I don't think it's the worst division I've ever seen. It's the worst Big Ten league. West we've ever seen. Yeah, agree. Like there probably has to be a year where the coastal was worse. Was there ever a year yeah, there where was the, the Pac-12 North was worse? There was a seven and five champ in the ACC championship game one year, wasn't there? Georgia wasn't that Tech, Duke or Georgia Tech? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Duke's only made it when they've been pretty decent. Georgia yeah. Tech, yeah. Georgia um, Tech got in. Um, North Carolina was ineligible serving a postseason ban because of NCAA issues. Larry Fedora. And that's why the NFL doesn't, or the NFL will not let North Carolina play in the league. <laughs> Larry Fedora got title rings made anyway, uh, but Georgia Tech was the, the team that showed up. They were 6-6 six and six overall, 5-3 five and three in conference play. I believe they lost that game to Florida State. This would be 2012. And then they lost the next game too, which gave us a, an amazing 6-8 and eight final record. Not something you always see on the Wikipedia from year over year, if I remember correctly. I agree with with all the takes that are like, you know, UCLA and, and, and USC, they got something coming when they have to go play the, these conference games on the road. But but this is, uh, I think, more attributable to really, really bad offense than it is to good defense. There is some good defense being played. There's also just some horrific offense. And so I think if you're one of those West Coast fans, you're not quite as worried about the grind of this schedule at, at, after seeing just how bad the Big Ten West is this year. Still somewhat of a worry, though. And you got to play some defense yourself. If they got to play USC every week, they'd all be well on track to meet Brian Ferentz's standards. How many of these teams do you think would score 25 on USC? All of them, except for... Did San Jose? 
because their offense close. is not not better yeah, than they San Jose. came close but san jose state isn't as good as anybody in the big 10 west um arizona needed overtime right mm-hmm. and they got 30 something no i think pretty much everybody except maybe minnesota would be capable of putting up 25 on usc and i would put 25 on usc not not this version of iowa fully Nebraska? healthy iowa yeah I don't Nebraska's think USC running the option. Than Purdue. USC can't tackle them. <laughs> I mean, have you seen USC's defensive run fits going against that Nebraska team right now? It That's, would be a damn slaughter. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I actually have USC's defense is slightly improved. I know that's crazy. It is improved. <laughs> that's the that's the best. That's part. the problem. Yeah. The problem was you just needed like more improvement than what you were able to get along the way. All right. We will be back Tuesday night again around 7.30 p.m. Eastern time for our instant reaction to the new college football playoff rankings. Come uh, come hand, hand out some candy uh, along with us on Tuesday night. And you can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernelli. You can follow him at Danny Cannell. You can follow him at Bud 3 You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. No one better steal this during the show. (laughs) Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.